Hey guys, how's it going? Scotty from Scott's Bass Lessons again. And I'm here today with an awesome episode with one of my best mates, one of my best friends, Chris Fatty Hargreaves. And this is, I think, episode 17 of the SPL podcast, still going strong. And right now we're also setting up some fantastic uh, interviews for season three. I was just thinking about this today. I think they're all going to merge together. I don't know. I, I love doing these podcasts so much that I think they're all going to merge into into one huge season. Obviously, we're in season two right now, but um, I might mix it up a little bit and just keep rolling with the uh, the weekly episodes because I think it... It just, it real it feels really good for me doing every week. Anyway, so we're here with episode 17 of the SBL podcast. And as I said, we've got Chris Fatty, Fatty Hargreaves with us, one of my best, be, best bass buddies. And, um, but before we get on to the podcast, I also want to give you a quick shout out, um, about a huge bass event that we've got going on. Um, it's completely free. It's a live stream. So you can watch the entire thing from the comfort of your own home. We're calling it SBL Live 2016. And in a nutshell, we've got back-to-back seminars, video seminars, and they're all live running throughout the entire weekend of the 9th and 10th of April. Okay, so the 9th and 10th of April. If you want to claim your free seat, just go to sbllive.com. Dot com. That's sblive.com and register there. You'll be able to find out more about it as well. We've got guys such as Steve Lawson, Sean Hurley, Divinity Rocks, um, Phil Mann, Steve Jenkins, uh, Danny Mo Morris, Ed Friedland, Rufus Philpot, Ariane Cap. There's a whole ton of guys that are involved in this. And, and I really think it's going to be not only the base event of the year, the online base event of the year, I think it's going to be the biggest online base event of all time. So I'm really, really hoping everybody can make it. It's just the 9th and 10th of April. And on top of all that, we're doing giveaways as well. We're going to be doing strings. We're going to be doing pedals. And the, the finale is overwater bases are actually making a base specially for SBL Live 2016, which we will be giving away during the event. It's really, really cool. And hopefully um, with the, there's going to be an inlay at the 12th fret that actually says SBL Live 2016. So I'm super, super excited about it. If you want to be a part of it, remember it's completely free. Just go to sblive.com and sign up for it, register for it there. If you are an Academy member, you don't need to do that. I'll be emailing you. You're, you're in the mix anyway. You can access it through the, your dashboard within the, the Academy. Um, on that weekend and I'm going to be giving you a full a full schedule as well so again if you are an academy already you don't need to sign up for it you're going to find out about it via an email that I'll be sending very soon but if you aren't an academy member you will need to register for it okay so the 9th and 10th of April and I'm going to be doing something on the 8th as well kind of like a welcome party thing that we throw in just sort of like a an hour and 90 minutes where I'll be getting on live and chatting with everybody answering questions and giving you brief details of what's going on over the weekend and any downloads as well that the tutors will be 
given us. So hopefully you'll be able to make that, guys. Now, if you are listening to this podcast on iTunes, I'll send you all of my base love if you subscribe and leave review because that gets the word out about these interviews, guys, and helps, you know, the base community get on board with this podcast. And if you're listening to this anywhere else other than scottsbaselessons.com, make sure to shoot over to the site and check out the show notes for this episode because I've put some great videos of Chris playing with guys like Submotion Orchestra, um, Alex Clare, the True Tiger producers. Um, there's some, he's doing some solo bass stuff. He's demoing his looping station thing that he uses. It's really cool. So you can go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode 17 to check that out. Okay, so scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode 17. That's a mouthful. And if you're completely new to Scott's Bass Lessons, check out our free toolkit at scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit as well, full of completely free goodies and videos for you there. Now, remember, if you're an Academy member, you can also watch the entire video version of this interview too. And if you're not an Academy member, just go over and check it out at scottsbasslessons.com. In a nutshell, it's the best online learning platform for bass players in the world right now. Now, without further ado, let's get into episode 17 with the amazing, the amazing and inspirational Chris Fatty Hargreaves. Hey guys, how's it going? Scotty from scottsbasslessons.com and how cool is this? We're on a boat. A boat. I sounded really super Yorkshire, didn't boat. I? A boat. We're on a boat in, <laughs> uh, in London with the amazing Chris Hargreaves, who has apparently been my friend for how many years? 11 years now. 11 years. The Leeds we le- Posse. We, yeah, the Leeds Posse. Yeah, we met up in Leeds. Yeah, 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 we met up in Leeds and he was just telling me that he was in a basement rehearsing in your, in your house. Well, everyone used it? to rehearse in the basements, didn't care about the neighbours, did you? You could like hammer out music till yeah, 3 o'clock yeah, in the morning. Yeah. Neighbours are sort of like, yeah, when you're in your 20s, you don't care about your neighbours. No. <laughs> are you still in your 20s or not? No. Oh, oh, so you do care about your neighbours? I do care now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris has been, is like been, well, you've gigged all around the blooming world for the last few years, haven't you? With Alex Clare. Yep. That you've been gigging with, and also like Submotion Orchestra, haven't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. How did you get into bass? How did you end up, because when I met you, obviously you were in Leeds, and you went to Leeds College of Music. Yeah. How did you end up at Leeds College of Music? Because, well, in high school I started playing the bass. Uh, started out in classical guitar. And then got to high school, did bass. Then I started out in all like the jazz orchestras and stuff. Yeah. And then a lot of the guys, I was quite young joining a, a youth orchestra. So a lot of the guys in the Northwest all went to Leeds for the jazz course, basically. Right. So I'd okay, go and visit yeah. them in Leeds just to say hello to them all and stuff. And, and were, you obviously... some, were you into jazz right from the start? Like, were you just like, this is going to be it? Maybe not particularly, but I just knew that it was great for your playing. You know, I grew up on metal and rock, so I'd love listening to that. Yeah. But then technically to to play, you know, the the, the lines for for jazz stuff was... Did you know Paul as well? Do you know Paul over the drummer that used to run the... Paul Rigby, is it? Paul Rigby, Northern yeah. Jazz Orchestra. Yeah, yeah. Start, yeah, I did Northern oh, Jazz Oh, were you doing Orchestra. that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I met yeah. Paul, yeah, but he moved to Carlisle and did he some did. teaching up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're sort of like, so you were doing like big band and stuff like that when you were a kid? Big band, yeah. Like, like how old were you then? Well, maybe like, I started the county orchestra when I was like 14. And I started doing Northern Jazz Orchestra like 16, 17, I think. Yeah, yeah. And they were great charts. They were like Buddy Rich charts, Maynard Ferguson. Yeah. So for electric bass, it was like absolutely burning. Did you get into it when you were like, were you listening to that stuff when you weren't playing with them? Oh, you still just listening to the rock and stuff? Still listening metal, to yeah. the rock. 
and like Rage Inch Machine, Metallica, yeah, 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 but yeah, then yeah. playing jazz at the weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just soaking it all up, really. So I got who are you, who your influences in that? At that point? At that point, like, uh, probably a Tom Morello. You know, the guitar player yeah, from Rage yeah. Against the Machine, because of the effects, he was the one that got me into all the effects stuff. Is that how you that got was, into it? Yeah. yeah, because it was like, what the hell is he doing there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, do you, how does he do that? You know, all the whammy pedals yeah, and yeah. everything. So that was good. And um, I, I, don't, I don't suppose I idolised anyone that much. I just liked a lot of bands. Yeah. So I just liked the vibe of, of that. Obviously, Jacko I got into quite a lot when I was at college. Was that in college? Yeah. Yeah, he was obviously amazing. What was it like going to college? It was good, yeah. It was quite weird because... Because it was a jazz course you did, wasn't it? Yeah, which was good. So I got my scales like, absolutely hammered into me by Zoltan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, Zoltan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. what a dude. So that was good fun. <laughs> but also what was good, Leeds was amazing because it had a great hip-hop scene, massive dub scene, um... It had all these like pockets of, of different things. You, know, you could go out, couldn't you? Like Celebar, there'd be like reggae on one night, next night Latin, yeah. Cuban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd go sub dub and you'd be listening yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah. all like early yeah. dubstep sort of stuff and dub and reggae, everything. And like really good quality as and well. And were you into that when you first moved to Leeds anyway? Or was it something that came later, sort of like within the course? Were you into like reggae and sort of like dub and all that? I was into that before, yeah. 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 Probably in like sort of sixth form time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is Just that... listening to everything. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, soaking it all up. But when you were in like college, you were like shedding jazz and stuff like that. Yeah, jazz. And I'd listen to loads of hip hop and soul and gospel as well. And yeah. like play along to you know, like Eric Jules Scott, Eric live album. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, you know. So basically, not particularly anything, but like just, li- just like soaking everything yeah, up yeah. as many styles as possible like what you do now and I think about you I think obviously sort of like you've got this you've just built this kind of crazy effects thing that you do and you're sort of like for me the dude when it comes to doing that thing right when you were in college do you have any did you sort of like ever think oh yeah that's what I, did you have were you aiming for that or was there did like one week you were like oh yeah I want to be the jazz guy I want to move to London to be the jazz guy and then I want to be the uh, yeah I want to be the R&B guy like yeah, I don't know, really. I think, I basically... Were you aiming for something, or were you just kind of sort of floating along and just seeing... Floating along quite a while, then found my pocket. Yeah. And I think that came because I used to hang around with... I'd hang around with more producers than musicians. Right, yeah. So people who made hip-hop and dubstep and, and those sorts of styles of stuff. Yeah. So when you get a different perspective on things when you hang around maybe with more producers, especially if we've been making tunes together, yeah. you get a more, you get a bigger sense of what a tune needs. And also, you could, you, I built up a palette of sounds that that was more interesting to me than building up a palette of like licks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of yeah, like having yeah. different things to use, especially with hip hop and, you know, electronic music. Having, a bigger palette of sounds with yeah. obviously more you know you can make one note sound amazing with automating it or yeah, like whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so probably more more that sort of and were you always into writing was that always like part of what you did because for me it always has been that's when I met you you were always like involved in like producing and like writing with people yeah 
Was that right from the start? Yeah, yeah. And always with different people as well. I'm not very good at writing by myself. I love the connection of meeting with people and creating something, you know, with two different people or, yeah, or yeah, X yeah. amount of people, you know, creating a vibe or capturing something, you know, which is, yeah, it's exciting when you get that. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. What, when you were when you were at college, I guess call it uni, when you were at college, what kind of stuff were you working on with Zoltan? What really, do you know if you could sort of like tie it back and think, oh, Man, it was that one thing that he was showing us, and I really sort of like nailed that over and over, and it, was, it really paid off big time. What was it? Um, changes like two five ones, and like being able to know what you can play over certain things. Yeah, you know, harmony. Basically, yeah, that, yeah. that Zoltan's thing is harmony, like absolutely drilling it into you, basically. Yeah, and it was amazing because. It kind of subconsciously comes into your playing later on, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, a few yeah, months yeah. down the line, you'd be like, "Oh, of course, that makes total, <laughs> you know, it makes total yeah, yeah, sense, yeah, doesn't yeah, it?" Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. ah, even because certain stuff's quite patterned, isn't it? On bass, you'd be like, "Oh, this, this, and this." Yeah, you can move it around. Yeah, yeah, and then when when something clicks, you're like, "Ugh," like you kind of think, "Oh, Ziv, that <laughs> yeah, makes why haven't I been sense. doing that for the yeah. last sort of like X yeah, exactly. years?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's quite good. He was amazing for that. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, yeah. What did you do when you left you? Well, college. College, you gave me all my gigs, which I'm very <laughs> thankful for, because we were working with Carleen Ray. Yeah. That's my first gig. Carleen's doing, what's she doing now? She's finished. Lion King or Lion something King, like that, yeah, yeah, she's finished that. I'm not sure, actually. It's so I was, shout. yeah. So I was like, Depp, I always tell people that you, you get you get gigs from bass players. Yeah. So, and that was true in this case, wasn't it? So, yeah, I needed oh, yeah. a good Depp and... And you, yeah, came out of... I was giving you gigs when you were still in college, though, right? Yeah, we were doing gigs together, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. And then how did you end up down in London? Just, um, I started working with more producers and maybe like Grime MC started working with a lot of the guys like P Money and yeah. all the True Tiger lot and Newham Generals. They all live down here basically, they're just around the corner. Yeah. So I knew that that scene and that style of music was what I wanted to go for, so I just gave it a go, basically. Yeah. Moved down and when you moved down, were you, you, were you doing all the effects things because you've got all these, you know... Well, what do toys. you use, like? I use it. This one's the main one. Oh, God. Make an absolute <laughs> mess. This is, like, the, the main hub of everything, basically. And when did you At get the in, moment... Like, when did you get into, like, creating the dub sounds? When uh, I, I started on the keyboard, basically... You did, I can remember you getting a keyboard. It was like a Moog Rogue. Yeah, which, little, um, little one. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. So good. So I did that and I was like, there's got to be a way of translating this to to live. I can remember you shedding your, your keys chops. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the vibe. So, that was in so, Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. I like, learned the logistics of how synths work. Yeah. And I was like, there's got to be a way of then translating that. But the problem was, there just wasn't that many things around that could track very well. Yeah. You know, a lot of them would be really glitchy. Yeah. And when you're playing the dub sort of stuff, because it's so loud, the last thing you want is some, like, massive glitch <laughs> yeah. to come yeah, yeah, yeah. screaming through a PA. So the best thing, I used to be in this metal band in Leeds called White Boys for Gay Jesus. Nice. They were, uh, they were a Good pretty name. very great name. <laughs> and um, the guitar player from that bought a Line 6 M9 and had a go on it after rehearsal yeah. one day. And there was a synth saying, basically, so smooth, tracked amazingly. I was like, oh, my God, I've got to get it. It was the guitar version, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just a guitar. I think it was mainly for yeah. guitars. So, basically, always stuck with line six. Tracking's amazing. And you can automate every single parameter with your feet, which is the main thing, creating lines and making them interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, you've got to be able to playing wise, well, a lot of the the electronic stuff is so simple, but it's like creating, you know, modulating the stuff while you're playing, which you can do with your feet. So being able to manipulate the sounds while you're playing with your feet is the one. Yeah, yeah. Because so the- I, I think what's really interesting about you, man, is that there was nobody doing it when you started doing it, you know, so there was actually nobody to copy. Yeah, yeah, just kind of messing around. You know around. what I mean? There's actually nobody to be like, oh, because it's, it's super, you know, I'm, in, I'm into sort of like R&D instead of research and development. I'm like rip-off and duplicate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, just, you know, if you want to get that sound, just like go after that sound. But for you, there wasn't any, you were like listening to keys players or programming and then trying and to then take that. And translating it to the, to the bass, yeah. Yeah. Was that just like a massive learning curve? It was, yeah. And the best bit about it was in Submotion Orchestra, the producer is called Dom. His Ruxpins is producing there. Yeah. And he basically, he writes incredible, like, cinematic kind of dubstep electronic music, basically. And he basically just taught, like, I was like, how does that make that sound? And he's like, oh, well, that's, I split the signal, I put parallel compression on this, if I open up this filter, it'll do this. So I was, like, writing all these things down. He's, like, producing chops, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, how am I going to then do that on a pedal board? And luckily... Because a lot of it that I found out is automation. That's why the Line Six stuff's amazing because you can automate with your feet. So instead of like obviously so drawing crazy that, yeah. lines in Pro Tools or whatever, you can just do do it with your feet. You basically. can do it with your feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, you open the cut off here. If you get it to this point, you add this amount of reverb. Once that opens out, you know, and and like learning and then moving moving things about. Obviously, like the way you put it in the chains. It, the chain of everything's quite yeah. important as well. How long did it take you to get that like developed? Do you know so you could be like, I can do it, I'm confident with it. I'm gonna go and sort of like work with this producer, I'm turning up with my stuff and I know that I'm gonna be able to, you know Do it. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna be able to do this. <laughs> uh it, like it was months? a good couple of years. Yeah. Years, yeah. Yeah, because because a lot of the stuff I still didn't know how to do. It's, it's the same as shedding if you're working on chops or whatever it's yeah. like the same thing as like building up this palette of sounds yeah, so yeah. someone goes you know when i first started you'd, i'd go in say with a drum and bass producer be like can you play as a reese you know and i was like oh how do you do that and then yeah, you yeah, research yeah, yeah, yeah. it and you find out that it's actually two oscillators you detune them slightly by the same amount creates a natural blah 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 you know and then how you, are you finding out stuff like that just search on the internet yeah or yeah. asking producers that was the thing it was like it was like a totally separate thing to like at the musician side of things, you know, it's like a completely like, different instrument. Yeah, basically, it's yeah. Like sort of like you're getting the bass and you're hooking up with this other instrument yeah, to create totally. sort of something, like a, completely, something different. completely different. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a couple of years before you sort of like got you felt really comfortable with it. Yeah, and I knew I could go into a situation. They'd be like, "Can you give me this, this, and this, and this?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, I could yeah, dial it yeah. up." Because I had X amount of patches that I could just go back to, maybe manipulate a little bit so it'd suit the track. Yeah. And then, but then you have this, you know. And what what was your sort of like platform of of getting all that stuff out? Was it Submotion? Was that the kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, like, when, like, if you think about it, like, imagine this is like all the stuff that we're talking about. Imagine if it was like an instrument. You kind of have to use the instrument to sort of like get your chops together. So, did you get your chops together doing all that stuff with Submotion? Yeah, basically, yeah. 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 And listening to that sort of music religiously as well. And going to the raves and seeing what went down well, you know, you could go to Subdub or Vagabonds and these nights that were happening. Yeah. And, you know, you'd, I'd, I'd be a, I'd be a geek. I'd be sat there soaking it up and being like, 
everyone's gone mental because of that drop. How come that happens with that? And it would yeah, yeah. actually analyse. Well, obviously, I'd have a good were you time finding as the well. tracks? Say again. Were you yeah? Were you finding the tracks that they were playing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just like soak up that scene because yeah. you were having a good time at the same time. Oh, amazing! Yeah, you were great. Like, you didn't have a notepad. No, no, no not like that. <laughs> <laughs> come, yeah. on come and dance. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Find no. out how he opens his lobster later on. This one, so, uh, <laughs> wasn't like that. But uh, but it was still good. You know, it was like certain things. I'd be like, I just yeah. get to know how. But, you know, certain things would work. Because it can be the most simplest thing as well. Yeah, yeah. That would work. I want to talk about the Alex Clare thing, right? But I also want to talk, like, submotion. For yeah. anybody that knows or doesn't know who they are, how did all that thing that happen? Because I don't know what you guys are doing now, because Ruby is... Ruby's pregnant. Pregnant, isn't she? Yeah. And, so, oh, boy, I know what... Yeah. <laughs> you know what kids she's in for. Kids and all that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know a lot about that. I've had a big learning curve in the last few years. But, um, yeah, so how did the whole submotion thing happen? Like, how did you end up sort of, like, touring the world with those guys? Um, we... Because you were a bunch of mates, weren't you? Yeah, days, basically, yeah. in Leeds, it was a big collective that started. We started jamming... Um, in my front room again, as you do in Leeds. In that same place? Loads of, no, no, in Woodhouse actually. Oh, right, yeah. Just behind yeah. the Chemic Tavern. Yeah, and you were still in your 20s, so again, you didn't care about your neighbours at this point. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Still didn't bother. <laughs> do you think um, it's a sliding scale? Do you think it's gradual? Do you think when you get to your late 20s, you're like, no, I do care about my, I care about I my neighbours a little bit. In Leeds <laughs> probably don't really care. London, I moved to Bethnal Green. Game over, no practices. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, just everyone goes mental. Right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, never mind. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that started, we just started jamming, basically. The idea was to play those sorts of styles of music live. Live. And we just built it up, really. We were lucky, though, because that whole dubstep scene, which obviously started in, like, Croydon, but there was the big nights up in Leeds as well, that Irish and Steppers used to put on. And the scene was just building, you know, there's a festival that started out called Outlook Festival yeah, and they yeah, were just, yeah. that whole like movement of that scene was starting out as we were starting out. So luckily we were playing the raves with, we'd be on early because we were quite chilled out, but you know, later on would be all the grime MCs and like big yeah. dubstep producers, like DJs playing. So we got in, we, we got into the scene straight away. So we just moved with that whole, whole thing really. Yeah. So, oh, and because like when did you get signed and we did when did you go from your front room to sort of like, yeah, you know, I know flying around the world doing all these cool gigs yeah it's mental really maybe we did a few independent releases and then we released on circus records and now we're on um counter records which is a subsidiary ninja tune yeah which is like our ideal label really yeah, it's exactly yeah, yeah. where we want to go for that sort of scene it just took ages, really. It's just building up the fan, you know, fans yeah, and yeah. just playing, putting out music consistently, which we found has helped quite well. How many albums have you done? We're on our fifth album. Done five albums, three EPs right, yeah, since yeah. 2009. And so has the been... sound completely changed from the first ones? Has it yeah, really we're developed? Not... Yeah, because I think dubstep isn't, obviously it isn't as popular. It's not, that's not the reason why we're not really playing that sort of stuff. We've just, the options, because there was such a big collective of us, the options to play loads of different styles, yeah. we've just basically explored that quite a lot. So I think we just fall under the bracket of electronic music, really. And all and, you guys moved down to London, didn't you? Yeah. Like one by one, wasn't one by it? One. I can remember you all sort of like leaving. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there were some bits where we were up and down Leeds, London. But yeah, we're all down here now, apart from Danny. 
who's still up Oh, there. Danny's still in league. Yeah, yeah he is, isn't he? Yeah, Chilling yeah, on yeah. Armley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rocking out in Armley. <laughs> How did the uh, Alex Clare thing come up? That was the same. It was just um, just being known for doing that style of music. You know, needed someone to be able to play the ele- those electronic sounds, but live. Yeah. So I kind of jumped in on a few gigs, and then all of a sudden. His album, well, that main tune he did went massive, and then what, was the, what advert was it used for? Microsoft, Microsoft, yeah. yeah. I so it just went normal, yeah. Got, it? got yeah. synced to that, and then it went bonkers, and then we were off for like three, four years of just really crazy gigs, yeah. So and luckily, Submotion fitted into that as bit a bit as well, and obviously other little projects. So yeah, but it was, it was like like super juggling between the two, mega juggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a great time. It was amazing. Yeah, awesome. And before we like, yeah, I want to talk about um, the thing with John Arkell as well. What's the name of that? You've got like a duo, isn't it? Yeah, we just played. No, quite it's a not lot like together. the Everly Brothers kind of duo. No, <laughs> it's basically yeah, it's just playing like crazy electronic music, basically yeah. trying to push it as much as possible because Submotion. You have to be quite musically sensitive how you play to the songs and stuff, which yeah. is obviously that's what the song needs. That's perfect. Yeah. But you know, there's sometimes where I want to do some crazy stuff. I yeah, want to yeah, stretch yeah, out yeah. a bit. And what's, what's the what you called? It's just R. Kellen Hargreaves. Really, there's not much online. We started out doing some kind of homemade videos of us jamming along and stuff, and then we ended up picking up quite a few gigs. We worked quite a lot with Mark Stewart, who used to be yeah, in a pop yeah. group, playing like a lot of post punk sort of stuff. Yeah. And through that, we then worked with Adrian Sherwood quite a bit. And that sort of scene, you know, that yeah, was yeah. quite interesting to get into, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're doing that. Um, and then we worked with a lot of grime MCs, like P-Money and Screw Fizzer yeah, and yeah. Old Newham Generals and all those guys did their live show with yeah. True Tiger. and That looked insane. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such, a good, such a good run of gigs. It's really good because we tried to inject a bit more like live punk energy into those yeah, sorts of yeah, tunes but yeah. it all because it sounded it sounded quite like what's the right word genre specific it sounded like yeah. the record you know yeah. but it still had that sort of feel it was great fun is anybody else doing what you're doing oh yeah it's quite a few is, people yeah. yeah yeah there's a nice little community online of people that share their music and stuff notably john davis who plays you've with, been on tour with, right? Yeah, me and yeah. John just went on tour with Jojo, Mayer and Nerve and all those guys, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. So me and John always would try to hang out. When I was in America quite a bit with Alex, we'd always... Yeah, like, like a pedal geek off. Total pedal geek off. <laughs> yeah, met up, which was great. He's wicked. Yeah. He dude. doesn't use the line six. I oh, know he does use the line six, He does six, use the line it? six, yeah. yeah. But he's just built himself a modular board, which is out of this world. Sounds amazing. Yeah, super, yeah. super, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Really good. What else are you up to then before we wrap this up? Just uh, lots of writing, some motion. We've got the new album coming out. So we're going on tour yeah. mid-February, which would be good. And yeah, I've just I've just written Alex Clare's new stuff. Oh, yeah. So, so you wrote the second album, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah. No, I played on the second album, yeah. but it's the it's third it's one. It's his third album, yeah. So that's all. Which was... It's on this boat, wasn't it? Recorded it right here. Recorded yeah. on this boat. Recorded it on... Hold the laptop up. Come on. Show the guys. Look, just a big sort of like shout out for Mac. <laughs> I mean, Apple are always rocking alive. out. They're still alive. How old is it? Eight years old, yeah. God knows. Look at it. Yeah. It's so when you hear nice. Alex Clare's third album, it was recorded on there. 
Amazing, man. Amazing. If you, oh, what, what websites have you got? Have you got chrishargreaves.com? Fattybaseman.com. Fattybaseman.com. Because Chris, it sounds so weird. It feels really weird for me to call him Chris because I actually, he's called Fatty. For me, that's like, I've always known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I introduced him, I was like, this is Chris. Wow, weird. But anyway, so yeah, fattybaseman.com. Yeah. Submotion.com. .co.uk. Submotion.co.uk. Yeah. Alex Clare. He's all online. You can easily online. find Have him, you got yeah. Facebook and stuff like that? Yeah. There's... Oh, for me? Yeah? No. No. Get it? Come on. Get Under it. the radar, man. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Under the radar. Yeah. So uh, anyway, if you're watching this on the website, I'll put it all in the show notes and link to all of Fatty's videos, Chrissy's videos. Um, and, and also... Oh, before, uh, what's the website for? You haven't probably got a website, but the, have you got the videos for you and John as well? Just so, type in R. Kellen Hargreaves, I think quite a few bits will come up for me and John. We yeah. got the, we, when we went, we did the tour with Jojo, we filmed it all, so there's a nice little video of what we did on yeah. there, so it's quite a little. And is, have you still got the videos of you in a tiger suit? Is it a tiger probably. suit? Come on. Yeah. Is it a tiger suit? Yeah, it was like a tiger one. With it? a GoPro on your head, or whatever it was. No, Be- even before, before GoPro, GoPro. We just got gaffer tape and strapped our iPhones to our heads yeah. and just filmed each other. <laughs> Genius. So I'll put them... <laughs> Goodbye, I'll put them on the uh, in the show notes as well. But man, absolutely amazing to you know come and hang out with me. Ah, big hugs, mate. <laughs> nice one, mate. Cheers, guys. See you in a bit. Bye. Okay, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed that interview with Chris. And again, you can find him at all the well. I've, I'm in the show notes. I'll put a link to his website and his Facebook and all those shenanigans. And just I forgot to say this in the introduction as well. It's really, really easy to be hoodwinked by Chris's really relaxed kind of vibe and he just seems super chilled, you know. The actual reality of it is that Chris is such a hard worker. I've known him for many, many years and I've, you know, stayed around his house many times and, you know, this guy has no TV. He just is always on it, he's always working on his music and... And just every time I get to hang out with him, especially for a few days at a time, it always blows me away how much work he puts in and how dedicated he is to music and what he's trying to do. I think um, there can be so much learned from that. And I think it's so easy to be, you know, as I said, hoodwinked by his, his chilled vibes that you think, I don't know, that he's just sort of like, you know, chilling out all day and... And just watching, I don't know, whatever, whatever people do all day. But trust me, Chris is one of the hardest working guys I know. And he absolutely deserves all the success he's getting right now. Um, again, if you want to check out the show notes, I've put some great videos, um, of Chris playing. Just go to scottsbaselessons.com forward slash episode 17. And also remember, if you're an academy member, you can also watch the entire video version of that interview, which was shot on his boat. Chris actually lives on a boat. Um, and you'll be able to see that in the video. If you're not already, I can't speak. If you're not already an Academy member, go over and check it out, scottsbasslessons.com. It's the best online learning platform for bass players in the world right now. The step-by-step courses, live seminars every week with 
some of the best base educators in the world, the largest online base educational community in the world, and absolutely tons and tons more, the whole nine yards. And on top of that, we've got a totally free 14-day free trial as well, so you can take it for a test drive just to see it's for you. And if you don't find it's for you, then you can cancel your membership from directly within the dashboard. You don't even need to contact us. You can do that by... Um, I think it's two clicks, so it's super easy to cancel if you do find it's not for you. Now, thanks again for listening, guys. Next week, we've got another amazing guest. We've got Steve Pierce, who is the daddy of the West End. When I was down in London doing these podcasts, so many of the players said, hey, have you got Steve Pierce? Have you got Steve Pierce? I'm like, yeah, we've got Steve Pierce. Now, Steve is, he's just been He's a real, real pro. He's been working the West End and TV shows and all that stuff for years. And he's such a nice guy. He invited us into his house to chill out and, you know, just, um, you know, chat about bass for an hour. We're talking about when he played with Stevie and Stevie Wonder and all these cool guys. Anyway, you'll find out all about that next week. Um, so other than that, guys, as always, take it easy. (laughs) I I really can't speak today. Take it easy and I'll see you in the shed. 